Lord, I'll place you at the center of my life. Oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, Lord, I place you at the center of my life.
needed. We're on a series, and we started Sunday. We're on, of course, church doctrine, but I'm going to camp for quite a while on number 11 about the Holy Spirit because as we get new people into church that aren't familiar with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in other tongues. And, uh, you know, we've heard this. When I was young, I was a, a Methodist young man, and and I was saved, but I got filled with the Spirit of God and spoke in other tongues, and I had one of my cousin's husband, who was a Catholic, just ring me up one side, down the other. And I went home, looked in the mirror, and cried. And... uh that same man had a massive heart attack later on, and, and I remember calling him and praying for him. And, uh, and now we're, yeah, we have good relationship. So, you know, people don't understand some things in the Word. And we need to make sure that uh, if we don't know, we ask questions. And out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. And uh, so in the days ahead, in the revival that we're going to, that we're in now, I believe that's already started. We haven't seen anything yet. You're going to see people born again, and you need to see them get filled with the Spirit. And, and the, the best time to get filled with the Spirit of God is right after you're born again. You get water baptized, right? That should happen right away. And, you know, many people are filled with the Holy Spirit, speak in other tongues as they come out of the water. You know, God can do everything. She had a good friend in college that was filled with the Spirit of God and spoke in other tongues while she was sitting on the toilet. God's got a sense of humor. That's right. So we need to be open, but we need to be open to reach people. And, and my goal is that I give you the scriptures and I'm going to read to you, I've got a lot of books in my library, fine authors on the subject, and I'm going to quote some tonight. Some are from school from many, many years ago, and uh, so I think it will, it'll be relevant and it'll help you. And that's what we want to do, is help you understand, and I didn't understand this because I was raised in the Methodist church. I didn't get saved till I was, you know, probably about 20 years old. And uh, but there there wasn't any teaching like this. I didn't understand the Holy Spirit. And uh, I, I've told you before, my sister had married a Catholic back in the in 64, 65, went to a Catholic church, got filled with the spirit of God, spoke in other tongues through the Catholic priest, no less. See, there was a charismatic revival in all don denominations. And in these last days, we're going to see that again. You're going to see people from all denominations, even Baptists, who say it's of the devil. And I was just listening to some minister today. What was Hank? And he talked about, you know, Jesus' mother Mary spoke in tongues. Let that sink in. Go look it up. It's in the Word. She was there. She's one of the 120. And so... You know, so if you say it's of the devil, then that means Mother Mary was of the devil. So we've got to be careful when we open our mouths and say things. And even as preachers, we, you know, I put my foot in my mouth more than once, probably will again. That's my wife will just have to play cleanup. 
Amen? So, but I want, to, I want you to understand, and we're going to take some time here, and uh, if you, how many can, we're family here, how many have not been filled with the Spirit of God and speak in other tongues? Let me see your hands. One, two, three, four. You were Methodist boy, too. That's good. So don't get nervous. Just relax. Because I want to lay a foundation. I want to teach. And, and what I want you to see tonight, there's a dual working of the Spirit of God. There's the Holy Spirit. When you're born again, you're born of His Spirit. You're recreated on the inside. You become a new creation in Christ Jesus. There's the indwelling of the Spirit, and then there's the outpouring of the Spirit. And there's a difference and that's where you don't hear that taught. And I want to make sure that we, we go through that. Amen? So, when you're born again, the Spirit of God works within you. Now listen, to develop your godly character. To develop the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Then there's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The infilling of the Holy Spirit with evidence and speaking in other tongues. That's the outpouring. That's the, the life that flows from you to others for service. Amen? Now, let me read to you from a gentleman by the name of John White. I believe he's a, he's a Brit, British. This was in my library, but I thought that was so good. So we're going we're gonna to begin tonight and talk about the inward work, the inward work of, the, of the Holy Spirit. And uh, let me just read a, a few paragraphs from him. He says, what does the scripture have to say about such an empowering for the... Um, oh, I don't want to start there. I don't have the time. Let me, uh, let me start here. He says this. One major difficulty in conceptualizing the Holy Spirit's relationship with us as believers, our bodies have certain volume. We are temporal and dimensional beings who, because we have not experienced eternity, have difficulty under, difficult understanding what eternity is. God, on the other hand, inhabits eternity. He is spirit. In one sense, he does not occupy any space. That is to say, he does not, like us, have a specific volume that can be measured. In another sense, of course, he fills all space. If you're a Christian, the non-spatial Holy Spirit indwells you, may even fill you. Since he is a person, we could say that all of him is inside your body. Amen? You can't have only part of a person inside your body. Yet I and every other Christian have all of him too. In him we all become one, yet without losing our individual identities. But such ideas can be confusing if we think of an infinite person being crammed into each one of our little bodies. We conceive of ourselves as separate from one another, largely because we occupy separate chunks of space. Since we automatically think in spatial and temporal terms, we must be careful as we look at the terms the Bible uses in describing the Spirit's operation in us and upon us. Indeed, the two little words, in and on, generally relate to two distinct aspects of what the Holy Spirit does for God's people. You get that now? He is in us, or is He is in all of us all the time. He comes on us for specific purposes at certain times. 
When he comes on us, he is sometimes said to fill us. The Bible says be filled with the Spirit. That's a continual infilling of the Spirit. And though it may seem confusing to us that he could come on or upon someone he already lives inside, the confusion has to do with our inability to think in anything but spatial terms. Prepositions are helpful and the Scriptures use them, but we we must try to use the terms just as the Scripture does without letting spatial concepts confuse us too much. He goes on to say, For in the New Testament, the indwelling Spirit was to give all believers the authority to be called sons and daughters of the living God, sanctifying, guiding, and instructing them as they were given a new life that took the fear of death and mortality away. All believers from the moment of their conversion are indwelt in this way. The indwelling both defines the status of believers and gives them immortality. As Paul puts it, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. Romans 8. In this sense, all of us are jointly and individually God's temple. But we are not only indwelt and made alive by the Holy Spirit, we are equipped by him to work in his kingdom and to conquer the dark powers as soldiers of Christ. That's that just a, I like that. That's just a good, simple definition. But you might, you might be a born-again, spirit-filled believer that speaks in tongues, but yet you, you might uh, come across a Baptist brother or sister that says, well, I have the Spirit. I have the Holy Spirit. Same Spirit. Yeah, you do. We're all born of the same Spirit. But they don't recognize the dual working of the Holy Spirit. There's the work within, and then there's the work upon. Amen? Look in your Bibles to John 4. And I'll give you some scriptures here. That will give us proof of this dual working of the Holy Spirit. John chapter 4. How many of you know where the Samaritan woman meets Jesus? And John chapter 4, let's look at, um, without reading all of it, Jesus, remember, he said, give me a drink, and and that started that whole conversation. He says, if you knew, in verse 10, the gift of God and who who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him, now listen, will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Now look at John 14. Say, well of water. John 14, in verse 15, let's start in, in, oh, 
15, verse 15. It says, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, and he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth to whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you a little while longer and the world will see me no more, see me no more, but you will see me because I live. You will also live also at that day. You will know that I'm in the father and you and me and in you And I and you, he who has my commandments and keeps him is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will manifest myself to him. Okay, so I I want you to see here. The spirit of God will be where? In you. For everlasting life. Okay, so. There's two two different analogies here. There's there's the well of water. And there's the rivers. Say rivers. Look at John 7. What's that? Bubbling rivers. Yeah, I, want, I don't want flat rivers. I want effervescence. John chapter 7. It says on verse 37. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will what? Out of his heart will flow, what? Rivers of living water. See, now here you have with rivers, okay? But this is he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now look at Acts 1.8. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Acts 1.8. It says, but you shall receive what? Power. When See, the Holy Spirit and power are synonymous. It goes together. Amen? But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be what? Witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So there's the Spirit in the believer that, that you're born of the Spirit at the time of the new birth when you're born again. Then there's the Spirit of God that comes upon the believer. Say upon. And when that happens, you're filled with the Holy Ghost and, and rivers of living water flow out of you. Now, water is a type of the Spirit. It's a symbol of the Spirit. The water in a well and in a, ri- and in a river, same water, isn't it? But it serves two different purposes. The water in the well is for the believer's individual benefit. The water in the river, those people that your life is going to touch. You need to understand that. That's why you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost with evidence and speaking other tongues. So the river of, there's a river of life flowing out of me. How many know that song? Makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. Opens prison doors and sets the captives free. There's a river of life flowing out of me. Spring up a well into my soul. See what I mean? Rivers and well. It's the same water. But two two different purposes. And I'll tell you what. People that are going to be coming in in this revival. And some of you been there, done that. Bobby shared where he came from. 
They're going to come from a background of, of drug abuse, alcohol abuse, all kinds of problems. That's right. And they're going to need the Spirit of God to help them and to deliver them. And then they're going to need the, 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 that well to develop as they spend time with God, they spend time in the Word, they get into church, they get planted in the church, they renew their minds to the Word of God, they develop godly character. See, there's a lot of Christians out there that are full of the Holy Ghost and they speak in other tongues, but they don't have any godly character. You can move in the gifts of the Spirit and not have godly character. But is that really going to benefit anybody? Uh Uh-uh. That's why it's so important that you get born again. You get your mind renewed. You get into the local church. You get planted. You hear the Word of God. The washing of the water of the Word keeps you clean. I don't know about you, but lately, I just recognize how many areas in my life Still need to get cleaned up. I've not arrived yet. I, I, I'm, I'm a work in progress, just like you. And there's times I say things, and there's times I have an attitude, and you know, I, I, get, I get easily aggravated with people. Like they say, the ministry would be great if, except if it's for the people. That's... And that's not the right attitude. But there's times I get, I get really, I get, what do I get? I get aggravated. And I'm, it's all because of her. No, the woman you gave me, Lord. Just start, start talking about wind turbines around her. And you'll see aggravation. But I, I just realized, I, 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 I just, oh God, I want you in all my life. I want, to, I want to get even cleaned up even more. My attitudes develop even more the fruit of the Spirit. How about you? There's two groups, two groups of nine. There's a group of nine associated with the new birth. And when the Spirit of God comes in. And then there's a group of nine that accompanies the, 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 when the, the Spirit upon. So let's look at the, the ninefold fruit of the Spirit. Look at Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. There are Christians out there not filled with the Holy Ghost, don't speak in tongues, born of God, born of God that have more godly fruit developed in their lives than some charismatics or Pentecostals. And that's, that's not right. I mean, that's great for that person that they've developed godly character, and they need to realize they can also be filled. But, you know, if, if we're born of the Spirit, we should develop the fruit of the Spirit. Amen? In Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. Like I said, we're all works in progress. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. 
Now, did I name one that maybe you could work on? Or is it just me? <laughs> I do pretty well in some of them. But there's sometimes, God, I get coffee. I go to get coffee at McDonald's every day. Just so God can develop my godly character by the idiots that are in front of me. That don't know how to order. And take a half hour to order one item. And they're looking at the menu. Then they look across. And I think, oh, if there's one person, I might make it. But if there's two or three, I thought, oh, my God, it's going to take forever. Because they're looking back at each other. Then they look at the menu. Then they look at each other. And I'm, I just drive around and walk in and get it. But I can, I can be that way. Can, are, is it just me? Do you struggle in that area? Is it just Bobby and I? I have to be careful because I'm a pastor. That's my pastor right there that kicked the tire on that car. Yeah, I thank, that's, thank God for a good wife. Amen. So we're all works in progress, but we need to develop this. And that's what the Holy Spirit will do when you're born again. If you'll take time to fellowship with him. Get in the Word of God and renew your mind to the Word of God. You'll develop that godly fruit. Amen? And that fruit just isn't for you. Amen? Let me read to you from... Um, Dr. Dr. Hagen wrote an excellent book, and then his wife wrote one that really... Or not his wife, his daughter wrote one that really is similar, but she says it in a different way. And I want to I read this to you. And she talks about learning the ways of the Holy Spirit, his indwelling presence and his outpouring power. But she says this, and she quotes the same scripture I gave in John 4. But whoever takes a drink of the water that I will give him shall never, no, never be thirsty anymore. But the water that I will give him shall become a spring of water, welling up, flowing, bubbling. Didn't we hear that tonight? Well, you're really prophetic. Continually within him unto eternal life. Now listen. In this scripture passage, the well refers to the spirit within. As you know, water is a type of the spirit. This passage shows us that when within us is a well that springs up to benefit us. Say us. Continually. If we will allow it to. The reason we sometimes become dry and thirsty for the things of God is that we do not keep that continual well of fellowship with him bubbling up within us. How many of you have ever been thirsty? Just, you know, how, we've been through the, a season. What would you call the spiritual season we've been through the last few years? Not just this church, but the church in general. It's been kind of dry. Not much life. And that's why I, I, I want life flowing. I want the rivers of living water flowing at Harvest Church. Amen? It says the reason we become dry and thirsty for the things of God is that we do not keep that continual well of fellowship with Him bubbling up within us. You and I have an individual responsibility to renew our mind. You and I have a... In, you and I have an individual responsibility 
to get into fellowship with God every day. See, if I go without a day without talking to Father, I'm not in very good shape. Have you noticed that lately? I cannot go without spending. First thing, I, I, I'm, I'm blessed because this is my responsibility. I come here, the first thing I do is pray, worship, shout, declare and decree, talk to God. Amen? He says, there are people who do not have the fullness of the Holy Spirit with speaking in tongues, but they know the Spirit of God. And how much more should we people who consider ourselves Holy Ghost word people have the well of life continually springing up within us instead of long, sad faces? Amen? What kind of a Christian witness is that? The people in the world do not want that. They already have that. They're looking for life, living water. Listen, when get the folks come out of the bar. Are they happy, Bobby, in the bar? Were you happy in the bar if you weren't fighting? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like your dad, yeah. But people come out of that kind of background. Why would they want to come to a church where it's just Lawrence Welk directing a, a one and a two and a three? You know, we want life. We want excitement. The New Testament talks about the joy a believer can have. Great joy. Luke twenty four fifty says, And he led them out as far as to Bethany. He lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. One of the fruits of the indwelling Holy Spirit is joy. When you have the joy of the Lord and you operate in it, you'll have a smile on your face and a light shining from you. And that joy attracts unbelievers. <laughs> unbelievers understand happiness, but they know that they cannot remain happy because circumstances are not always happy. They desire to be joyful, to be full of something that causes them at all times to remain joyous. Incidentally, perhaps you're a child of God and you're, and you're born of the Spirit of God, but you've not experienced being filled with the Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. If you are not familiar with that, what I mean by that, I will explain. When I say filled, I mean what Acts 2, 4 says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Notice all, not some, all and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. If you want this experience, or you want to experience His fullness by receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit, just pray and ask the Father God to give this to you. Listen, it's a free gift. You don't, you don't have, did you have to get squeaky clean before you came to Jesus? Didn't He take you and I just the way we are? Were? Amen? Right. And, and, and it's a, the, the infilling, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God coming upon is a gift. And all you do is receive it. Amen? It's, it's that simple. Then there, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So the first nine deals with the inward working of the Spirit, developing character, godly character. You can maybe have charisma but not have character, and you need both. Amen? 
You need to be attracted. But 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Look at verse 7. It says, but the manifestation, and this, this is important. I want you to make sure you listen carefully to this. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the what? For the profit of what? All. Okay? So we're talking about spiritual gifts here. Given to the, to the body of Christ to profit the individual and make him look good. No, to bless the body. It's that, that simple, to bless the body. The outpouring of the Spirit is for service. The outpouring, the baptism of the Holy Ghost is poured out upon you for what? To reach people, to bless people. I can give you all kinds of stories of, about the gifts of the Spirit, and maybe we'll do that here in the future. But I, I want you to see, it's not how well you prophesy. It's not the fact that you operate in the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, tongues and interpretation of tongue, the gifts of healing, you know, discerning of spirit, supernatural faith. All those are, are wonderful gifts. But how much greater would those gifts be if you take time to develop the godly character of Jesus Christ on the inside of you? So when you do operate in those gifts, and that's what I see about this, uh, what's his name? Um, Ron White? Todd White, not Ron White. (laughs) Dear Lord. (laughs) Geez, that's the most response I've gotten from you all night. That must mean you listen to him. Just relax. Todd White. What brought me to tears with this man, is he's, he's an evangelist. He might call himself a pastor, be a pastor of a church, but he's an evangelist. And miracles follow the office of an evangelist. But to see the love that comes from this man, and I'm going to, maybe if it works Sunday, I I told Micah we need to get some things lined up. I want to show you him ministering to somebody. He was in Europe. He was in a cafe. And by the time he was done, I mean, I had tears. You've, You've watched him. You told me. Just make sure I introduce him right, will you? Remind me before service, okay? But... If you develop the love of God, the character on the inside, you're going to genuinely want to reach people. Amen? Look at Mark 3. I'm almost done. Mark 3. So, it's, it's great. You, get, you need to have a, a desire to move in the gifts of the Spirit, but also have a desire to be with Jesus first. Spend time with God. Get to know God. Mark 3, verse 13. This is one of my favorite scriptures in in the New Testament. Mark 3, and he's dealing with his disciples. What a group. It says, and he went up on the mountain, verse 13, and called to him those he himself wanted. And they came to him. Then he appointed... 12. Now listen. That they might what? Be with him. 
and, the conjunction and, that he might send them out to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses, to cast out demons. That's all wonderful. But what was the first thing happened? To be with Jesus. See, if you and I will, will draw near to Jesus and have a desire to be in his presence and to talk to him and fellowship with him every day, the rest of it will come. All that other, the, the miracle signs and wonders and exciting things will, will happen. But I'm telling you, draw near to Jesus. Who is Jesus? He's the Word of God. Spend time in the Word. Get to know the Word. Because if you get to know the Word, you're getting to know Jesus. He is the Word of God. I love that. That they, that they might be with Him. And that He might send them out to preach and to have power to heal sickness and sicknesses and cast out devils fellowship first with him then outreach to others developing that inward work of the spirit on the inside first then you know getting filled with the holy ghost praying in the spirit and and getting out there now you you don't have to spend 14 weeks you know in the word getting to know jesus and then get filled with the Holy Ghost, but I'm trying to get this across to you in developing your godly character. So when you do go out, you won't make a fool of yourself. It'll be the real deal. Amen? Look at um, John 14. Again, please. John 14. I'm going to read it to you from... The Amplified, John 14 and verse 15, it says, If you really love me, you will keep or obey my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter. Say comforter. Now, in the Amplified, it has in parenthesis these titles. Counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby. Now, you got the Holy Ghost, you got all those. That he may remain with you forever. The Holy Spirit will help you and I develop godly character so we can minister effectively to others. Say, the Holy Spirit, he's my helper. Okay. I, I want to end with this, and then I'm going to call on somebody to share. I don't know who it's going to be yet. I'll have to decide here real soon. I want to read to you. This, this man is Dave Roberson. We used to, when I was in Bible school and going to Rama, we went to church and the pastor of the church was Bob Yandian, fine Bible teacher. Oh, and then this guy would come. His name was Dave Roberson. And he used to be a, he started in, in the state of Washington. He was a logger, a logger. He cut trees down and he had an experience, a great book. And it's, it's, it's entitled, The Walk of the Spirit, The Walk of Power. And so what I want to read to you from, from his point of view, I want to share what he says about the Holy Spirit. Let me, let me read it to you. About the Holy Spirit helping you as far as prayer. Okay? It says, in fact, the Holy Spirit is the one who's been put in charge of overseeing God's plan for your personal life. Now, you young people, 
How many 30 and younger? Raise your hands if you're 30 and one. Brian, put your hand down. Two, three, four. Okay. Nice try. In fact, the Holy Spirit is the one who's been put in charge of overseeing God's plan for your personal life. Oh, that's why we've got to know him. No one can represent that plan better than he. He was there. He heard God the Father plan, plan every minute detail. And that's not all. This third person of the Godhead stands face to face and absolutely co-equal in every way with the other two members of the Godhead. The great Jehovah and mighty Logos, Jesus. But upon your regeneration as a child of God, the Holy Spirit actually consented to take up residence within your spirit and to offer his services to you. And one of the main reasons he came was to pray for you. That's why you young ones, listen to me, because I'll get to something here. Why did God send the Holy Spirit to live inside of you? So he could change you into the image of his son. And in order to accomplish that goal, the Holy Spirit brought his own prayer language with him so he could pray for all that concerns you. With that prayer language, and I'm talking about speaking in other tongues, he gets involved directly with you in a one-on-one relationship that is independent of anyone else, even of your own mind. When the Holy Spirit prays for you, he takes the plan he hears the Father utter and pours it through your spirit. And the language he uses to express that plan as it flows through you is the supernatural language of tongues. Every time you give the Holy Spirit opportunity, he will use that language to pray for your calling. That's why I say, young ones, listen to me. Pray for your calling, to pray out the plan of God, to edify you and to charge you with his holy power. He will lend himself to you as your faith allows him to be activated within your spirit. He will pull out of everything Jesus set you free from and into everything Jesus says that you are in him. I like that. If you want to, you can go into your room. And pray in that supernatural language for two, four, or even 12 hours. And God the Holy Spirit will create every single word that comes out of your mouth. It is your choice to pray or not to pray. But every time you do choose to pray, you will come out of that time of prayer more edified in His plan and purpose for you than if you, than if you hadn't done it. God's plan for you is in the Spirit. Say that. God's plan for you is in the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is in you. The Holy Spirit is armed with the knowledge of everything he heard about God's redemptive plan for you before the foundations of the earth. He knew you in your mother's womb, did he not? And knit you, you were wonderfully made. And every time he searches your heart, he does it with the intention to pray that plan, the mind of God concerning you into existence, into your life. I like that. Now, I said that to you young people because I wish Caden was here tonight. I have to tell him. When I was a young man, oh, I don't remember, 20 years old, my father, I, I 
you know, I found him. He was dead in bed. He died. He had, had cancer, and what mom woke me up, and he was dead in bed. That really got me searching. Hey, man, that'll get you searching when you stare, stare, stare death in the face. And it, and it, it changed my, uh, my whole perspective of everything, and I began to really seek after, after God and cry out to God. Well, as I told you, my, my buddy who was into drugs and had tried to commit suicide by jumping out of a car at 60 miles an hour and lived, went to the Bible school before me, and I found out that he had changed. He was different. He wasn't a drug addict anymore. And he came back, and I knew there was something different about him. And I t- he went home with me, put his hand on my head, and I got filled with the Holy Ghost. And how, how come? Because somebody had already planted, planted a seed into my heart, and it was my sister, the Catholic sister who took my father down to her Catholic parish in Florida where he got filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke in other tongues, came home, and I said, Mother, what's he doing in the shower? Well, he's praying in tongues. And I thought, what's that? Well, then I got really interested. But I I said young people because what I did, I had no clue what I was going to do with my life. I was, you know, I had this group of friends and party people here, and and, uh, now I was beginning to make friends with people in a godly circle, and I, I didn't know what I was going to do with my life, and I spent all my time on my knees in my bedroom praying in tongues to the point my mother would told her sister, I'm worried about Mike because he won't come out of his room. She, and that was my Lutheran mother who I was unsuccessful in trying to get filled with the Holy Ghost. She's in heaven. Amen. But I'm telling this, you young ones, if you don't know what you're going to do, you're specially, you're still in high school. You know what you're going to do with your life? Do you want to know? Pray in tongue. Micah, you want to know what you want to do? Pray in tongue. You're young. You know what you want to do? Maybe you're doing what you want to do. That's great. Pray in tongues. You've got a business. You both do. It's not easy, is it? You got to deal with people. You do pretty well hiring people. I'll give you that, compared to some places I walk into. But you're going to have you're going to you're going to have to know what to do, what to invest in. You need answers. You're a taxidermist. God's put a gift on the inside of you. Of course, you wouldn't be where you are today without her. But I can say the same thing. Got a good woman, and you got God. But there's sometimes you're going to have problems and situations. You're going to have to ask God what to do. You've got to ask God every week, what are we going to do for worship? You've got to seek God. And it comes through praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues. But I'm telling you tonight, what's the dual working of the Spirit of God? When, when, are, when, when do you receive the Spirit of God? You're born of His Spirit at the time of the new birth when you give your heart to Jesus. That's the work of the Spirit within, but then there's the Spirit upon. What's, what's the one within related to? What are we related to? What kind of body of water? A well of water. Then the outpouring of the Spirit is for service. Rivers out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. The rivers are going to hit other people. 
Amen. And it will affect other people, especially if you've developed the godly character on the inside of you. Amen. Now, okay, I'll just pick. I'll pick Paige. You filled with the Holy Ghost and speak with tongues? How did it happen? Just tell everybody how you got filled. When? How long ago? Okay. Mm -hmm. In Florida. Did you know about that at that point? Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Not that long ago. So, everybody, and we're not time for everybody, but Bobby, when were you filled with the Holy Ghost? He doesn't understand, Brian. He doesn't understand what you're saying. Right. It's spirit to spirit. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Put his hand on his head and got him filled with the spirit. That's a good preacher. Hooked up with. Okay. that something see each of us has god has a plan for our life he knows where we've been what we've done where we need to go and if we'll just hook up with the spirit and allow the god the spirit of god develop the fruit within so i'm 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 you know i i really believe in laying a foundation and i don't i don't push anything on anybody because i don't like people pushing anything on me amen but i'll teach you the word See, when I got filled, 
I was so hungry for it. I was going back and forth from Kearney. <laughs> back then, that was party town. We were good partying. And I'd get, I remember stopping in the middle of the highway and getting out of the car and getting on my knees and saying, fill me with the Holy Spirit and nothing would happen. Well, later on, through the Scripture, I discovered how to and what I needed to do. So there's a reason for it. Let's stand up. Thank you for being so attentive tonight. We need the Holy Ghost so we can go about doing good and healing all that are oppressed of the devil, for God is with us. Father, tonight, thank you for your word. Now, Lord, I gave your word. It's a seed. It's been planted in the hearts of your people. And I declare and decree that seed will take root. It will go down deep. It will bear fruit upward. I thank you, Father. It is your will that men and women, children get born again. It is your will that we get filled with the Spirit of God with evidence and speaking in other tongues. And we learn tonight why. So, Father, there's a divine plan and a purpose for each one of our lives. And so, Father, I thank you, Lord, the good work that you've started in each one here tonight. You will finish that good work, not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit of grace in Jesus' name. Now, I invite you. I got little booklets. You can continue. We're going to be talking about it. We'll get into more detail. If you need a little book, it's called Why Tongues? Why do you need to speak in tongues? Just a little book. Amen? Anything? In the back, it's free if you want it. Amen? Then we'll probably have questions and answers, and the wife will answer all of them. God bless you. Have a good evening. What's that? Yes. Oh, can't leave yet. Got to pray. This is what we're praying for. Rain. And after what my son went through and his, his wife and what's been going on in Norfolk, a lot of accidents, that's a spirit. We're going to take authority over it. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come in agreement tonight corporately. Whatever is bound on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever is loosed on earth is loosed in heaven. We bind the spirit of accidents, death and destruction over our community and northeast Nebraska in Jesus' name. And, Father, we loose angels to encamp around God's people that no weapon formed against them shall prosper. We speak the peace of God, Lord God, over our city, over our businesses, over our homes in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for your protection. And, Lord, we also request rain. We, we say drought is, is bound. We'll not have drought. Well, we thank you for sufficient rainfall for the farmers in this area in the days ahead. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, so be it. Amen. God bless you. Wednesday night prayer. Yes, sir. No answer for that, brother. Just get an umbrella. Go down the highway riding your bike with an umbrella. 